Hi everybody, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome back to episode 80 of the Stone Cold Silver Podcast. You're almost done Ramadan, aren't you? Uh, Yeah, about a week and a half left. I think 10, 10-ish days left. So, looking forward to that. Very exciting. Hoagie Fest is going on at, at Wawa, so I'll be able to do that for lunch for a while. Now, for those listeners who don't know what Wawa or Hoagies are, <laughs> why don't you enlighten everyone? Wawa is it started off as I think they started off doing like dairy products, but they're basically a convenience store, and they typically have gas stations, um, kind of as a, a part of them. So they got they got like cheap coffee and cheap sandwiches or hoagies, and Hoagie Fest is. I think I guess it's through the month of July or most of July. I'm not really sure how long it really goes for, but definitely a summer thing. Yeah, summer t- summertime thing, and you can get there are large hoagies for the price of like a medium one, so like five bucks for any any type of hoagie. Yeah, it's definitely Wawa's definitely got a cult following in the uh, sort of Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. Yep. Um, definitely a northeast uh sort of chain. I feel like everywhere you go in the in the country, there's always some like small local uh, chain that has just this incredible uh, local support. Yeah, and uh, people keep saying, "Oh, when is Wawa going to go national?" And I don't think I don't think they're planning on going national just yet, are they? I don't think so. I mean, I think Rita's is similar. Rita's is an Italianized place, and I think they're all privately owned. Like every, I think every Wawa is privately owned, like by the corporation. Like- so oh, okay. they don't do like franchises or anything like that. So they're very selective in uh, as far as to which uh, or where they open up locations. There are in Florida. They're in Orlando. So Lena's sister will go there every now and then. So she can come home to Delaware, go to Wawa, and then go back home and go there too. Oh, I wonder what, how they choose their – Yeah, me too. Yeah, their franchise locations. But it's it's great. Like you said, uh, usually connected to uh, a gas station, and they're and they're very clean. Yeah, very clean. They're almost all the same now. So back in the day when I first moved, so what, 10, 10, 15 years ago when I first moved to this area, that was the first time I'd ever seen a Wawa. They didn't do gas stations like that. Um, I guess they realized the potential um, of having people come in, p- get coffee, and then fill up their tank of gas on the way to work in the morning or on the way home from work afterward. Um, they're packed for lunches. Like they're diff- Different Wawas um, see all sorts of types of traffic. But the one that I go to, they are packed like all the time. And there's another one not even like two miles away from it that doesn't have a gas station, but they get just as packed as well. So. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, it's great just to stop in and their coffee is really good. Yeah. Love the um, coffee. Cheap coffee, but good coffee. Uh, and overall, yeah, it's great. You can, it's such a fun experience to go in there and then get something. Yeah, and then there, that's where I take my walks nowadays. So I'm I go to Wawa a lot more often than I used to back in the day. Um, so you're walking to Wawa? Yeah, I walk to Wawa, walk back, and and now during Ramadan I just walk like just around the entire block. So normally I would walk up to Wawa, which is like three quarters of a mile, and I just walk back. And now I just do the full circle, which is the same distance. But do you do you normally get something on these walks? Nowadays, no, no. Well, well, well but like uh, in the past, uh, yeah, I used to like just pick up a coffee. Okay. Yeah, almost always we just pick up a coffee. So that was the how one much thing. is a coffee there? Dollar sixty nine for a large. Dollar sixty nine for a large. Oh my god. 
My goodness. My goodness gracious. I'm paying like $5. Really? Yeah. Wow. What kind of coffee are you getting, man? Like a latte with mocha and, and, and like whipped cream and stuff on top? First of all. First of all. <laughs> okay. I'm not a white girl. I'm just saying. Clear. That's a $5 coffee. It's like a $5 no. shake from Pulp Fiction. Another reference I know you won't get. I, I won't get. Um, I've tried a lot. Whatever. We won't get into that just yet. No, no, but, but I want to hear this coffee. What, what, what do you get in your coffee? I think I'm just getting just fancy coffee then. I see. Just fanciest coffee. Um, a cat has probably peed in it. You know, they told me in the latest uh, Kinfolk magazine that I was supposed to drink this coffee. No, no um, I actually... Coffee. Yeah, right. I uh, I actually don't drink expensive... I don't go out of my way to drink expensive coffee. Let's put it that way. I don't need to start my day with coffee, which has been good because I eat breakfast every day. Yeah. Um, And it's got a lot of protein in my... Uh, I make sure to get a lot of protein in my breakfast and healthy fats. So on my walk to work... Uh, it's sort of like all that stuff coming together really wakes me up in the morning. Yeah, I mean, even just the walk, too. Oh, 100%. Just be moving 100%. and stuff, not sitting on the train and everything. And then you have standing desk to work, right? No, not uh, anymore. No. Okay. That I wish. That, that would be the dream. That would honestly be the dream Um, if I had a standing desk at work. I wonder if there is a way to get that, Um, but I haven't pushed for it because I think I'd be the only one in the office with it. Uh, But, yeah, those are the days. Um, I still remember the first month of get, uh, opting into a standing desk and realizing every day when I came home how tired my legs were and just like sort of falling asleep while I sat on my bed <laughs> sometimes just like not even like I'm too tired to eat dinner. I'm just going to go to bed now. Wow. But after a, after a, like a, a month and that month sort of flew by uh, looking back on it. But after that month, I was able to just stand eight hours a day, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours a day and, and be okay. I'd obviously sit in meetings because that that would be weird if I was the only one standing in a meeting. Uh, but my dad actually says when he gets tired in meetings, he'll he'll stand up and he'll he'll pace around the room. Uh, but I think that also sort of helps because he probably is the highest ranking guy in the room. <laughs> yeah, that you're allowed to do that. Yeah, he's like, you know, if you ever get tired, just do that. I go, Dad, I don't think I'm allowed to do that. He goes, Why not? And he goes, Dad, you're the highest ranking guy in the room. You can do whatever you want. He goes, does anyway, so, um, so yeah, I, I don't drink, I like to drink coffee on weekends. Um, you know, a, a coffee after dinner is nice, but I've, I've just realized recently that in my advanced age that, uh, my body gets, uh, gets weirdly sensitive to caffeine. I can't, hmm. it's not like I can sort of, uh, always estimate when it's going to hit. But before, I would always get, like, like, especially after a long dinner with friends, I'll get a coffee or an espresso, you know, on a weeknight or whatever. It's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 4 in the morning. How am I not asleep yet? But other nights, you know, it'd be a late dinner, get a cup of coffee, and then I'm out in, in, in five minutes. I mean, do you think that's partially because you're, you're, you're not drinking as much coffee, so you're, the, the caffeine is just hitting you harder? You know, that's, that's possible. Um, I always... I always drink coffee at brunch, and it doesn't hit me. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's hit, hitting yeah. me. At least let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't. I don't really get affected by coffee. I can drink coffee. Um, I shouldn't say I'm the same way. That's I, I for brunch or like in the in the mornings. I don't really feel it. Uh, what the the best that I might feel is like a little kick. But if I wanted to, I can just pass right back. You know, to sleep. Yeah. Now, on my uh, my radio show that I did a few weeks ago. 
my second episode's actually coming up. It'll be airing um, next Tuesday. I think that's the 6th. But so we, we talked about caffeine in our first episode and just how it affects the body, why it wakes you up, what it does to your, what it does to your body. And I think the, the, the recommended daily dose for caffeine is like a hundred milligrams, something like that, which is what you would get. Maybe it's 300 milligrams. I can't remember what it was right now, but it's what you would get in like a 24 ounce thing of coffee or three cups of coffee. Wow. Maybe it was 16 ounces actually, because I'm trying to recall right now because in the mornings, I have a, I have 16 ounces of coffee. I, I make a, I made a, make a cup of coffee in the morning or a pot of coffee, whatever you want to say it is. And then, um, when I walk over to Wawa, I would just get the, I would get the 24 ounce because I feel like that's the best bang for my buck. Yeah. Like you can either spend, you can spend like a dollar, like 29 on a small, or you can spend a dollar 69 on a large. I'll just get the large. Just get the large and just nurse it. Yeah. Um, but I do try to avoid drinking coffee in the evenings, especially nowadays. Because what I did, what I did find out during my research for that episode is that when you, if you, if you, if you drink coffee and then you go to sleep, uh, the caffeine can mess with your, uh, your deep sleep, your REM sleep. And that's what you need to feel well rested. So if you drink a cup of coffee and then go to sleep right after and wake up like eight hours later, you might not feel as well rested as you would have had you not had that cup, that cup of coffee. So that's good to know. And like the half life of coffee, of caffeine is like, Eight hours or six hours, I think, is what it was. Four, oh, wow. four to eight, four to eight hours. It's a long time, and so, yeah, um, half life is the amount of time that it takes for the body to break down um, half of the dose of what you consume. So, if you had a hundred milligrams of coffee, you'd ha- it it would like four hours later to be fifty milligrams. If that's the half life, I can't remember what it was right now. Yeah, but so, sense. yeah, and so, uh, you you drink that coffee at say you know. 9 p.m. and you want to go to bed at at 11 p.m. There's a lot of that caffeine still in your body. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So in other news. Yes. I'm glad we got yes. that, all that stuff out of the all way. That coffee and caffeine stuff all out that, of the way. Now I'm now I'm really hankering for a cup of coffee. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I have a from a. July 4th trip that I took, I think two years back, uh, we bought like a pound or not, not a pound, like, like a five pound, um, container of chock full of nuts coffee, uh, it's just the powder. And, uh, I have one of those like French presses. So I just boil some water and then I get to make myself a cup of coffee. That stuff is so good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get finicky about, uh, how hot I make the water. Because you can burn the, I'm just finding that sometimes when I leave the water on the kettle a little too long, like it's like super boiling, that uh, it tastes a little burnt. Yeah, for sure. Which is definitely how Dunkin' Donuts makes their coffee. Oh, they burn the shit out of it. I I can't stand their coffee. It's so bad. When I drink their, like I don't, I don't drink coffee with sugar. I do, I do a touch of cream and that's it. And, and Dunkin' Donuts coffee, you best believe I got to get sugar if I'm going to drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee because it's just not good. It, it tastes so bad without it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you know my habits. If I could, I would drink it black, but then somebody told me that it's bad for your stomach lining. And then there were other reports that said, well, it's only that coffee is really bad and I don't know what's good coffee, quote unquote. So I've been doing a touch of, touch of milk, but ideally, yeah. I'm drinking black coffee because yeah. I just like the the taste of black coffee. Yeah, same. I, I I started doing the cream thing because of you. 
actually, because you told me that. And so I've been doing that ever since. It's been like yeah. three years now, maybe two, three years. Yeah. It's just like there's no reason to like one day develop an ulcer when it's something that's so simple to do. Right. It's just like, oh, a touch of cream is going to do it. We're going to neutralize all this. Okay, cool. Let's just do it. Um, so something, I guess something big happened a week ago. And we were, I was going to discuss it on the last podcast, but I mean, the NBA finals are on. So it was, it was, it was, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, congratulations to LeBron. Um, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but I, so I've been seeing, I was seeing this girl for about five months. We met on this app, Coffee Meets Bagel. And what's funny about these dating apps, there's like a dime a dozen. They are a dime a dozen. There's just so many varieties. And I'm, I've got my phone in front of me right now. And I've got six of them on my phone. So Jesus. if we just, if we just go through it, we got OkCupid, which is kind of a, kind of a, a tragic mess. Um, Tinder, you know, you're, uh, Tinder's in the starting five. Uh, Hinge, Hinge is starting to become really popular. Hinge is, the idea of Hinge is you get connected, uh, to people that are like friends of friends. So that's where the Hinge idea comes into play. I see. I never heard of it before. This yeah. Coffee meets, it. coffee meets bagel. Yep, I've heard uh, of that one because they were heard on, of that one. Yeah, they yep. were they were on Shark Tank. Yep, they were definitely on Shark Tank. Three three Korean sisters run that. Yeah, and they 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 each take a salary of like a hundred thousand, I think, which makes no sense. But we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, Coffee meets bagel. Ideally, uh, originally they were some of the pioneers of you get one match per day at noon, and then you sort of had that to look forward to. But now I get like twelve matches a day. Um, so I think they're trying to branch out and realize that people aren't willing to pay for the premium, whatever. So. Coffee meets bagel. I got Bumble. Bumble's the idea where, uh, the, you can, you sort of swipe left and right. All these, all these things have the swipe or the yes or no. But what you can do is, eh, with Bumble, if you connect with somebody, the girl has to start the conversation. So it sort of gives, so, so that's the wrinkle there. Interesting. And then the league is this quote unquote sophisticated dating app. What do they call it? They said the league. Uh, date intelligently and it's supposedly people who have good jobs who come from good schools um but it just seems really whitewashed to me it's like all the guys that i've so my friends who are girls who have it say all the guys are in finance i guess it's because we're in new york and all the girls are in fashion or in entertainment so it's kind of it's hard to find variety on that app um but the girl i was seeing i met or I connected. I think the, the better, the better word is connected. We connected on coffee meets bagel. Uh, do you know why they call it that? You know, I've been trying to get to the bottom of that for a while now. Uh, and I, and I couldn't tell you. Okay. I'm just I, curious. I, I, I couldn't tell you. So we had been seeing each other for five months. We started at the end of January and it was a fun time. You know, it was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. It was, also just fun to sort of get back into or just have, at least have a sort of a relationship with somebody that was longer than my normal sort of time range, just to, to put it gently. Um, and it was great. I got to learn a lot about myself while, you know, while we were sort of together. But recently, again, this, this all started uh, while I was in Russia, just starting to, you know, sort of think about like long term. 
And I'm normally the kind of guy who who likes to be casual about things. Um, like why we why we rushing in to make decisions? Aren't we having fun? Uh, and I don't know what changed this time, but I thought to myself, well, do you see, like, do you see anything going down with this with this person that you're with right now? Like, it's great that it's fun, you know, and and I'm still okay with the fact that it is casual. But part of me started saying, well, like, is it rude of me to not string her along but not commit i guess is a better way to to put it to something long term like i want like i see a, a long term future with you uh i want to make this something like super serious and if i if i'm not able to do that am i just wasting both of our uh both both of our time right uh and i just started having those thoughts to myself uh they sort of culminated in russia and it didn't help that I was super sick and so I was sort of bedridden for a little bit. So that's all I thought about for, for, for quite a bit. Um, and you know, you could argue like, Oh, if you're thinking about this so much, it, it definitely means, you know, you want something serious. But then I could also just easily say, well, well, no, because if I, if I did want something super serious, then I could probably come to that conclusion rather quickly. Come back from Russia. We saw each other, uh, briefly. Because I was on my way out again, uh, to like Berlin and Edinburgh. And then, you know, that was all well and good. I was super busy in Scotland. So I didn't really, like, we didn't really connect that much. Come back, you know, we saw, you know, my, my roommate was gone. So I had her over like every day that he, uh, he was gone. And then we, uh, you know, we went out to get, you know, we had like a cute date where we went to go get ramen and, it was nice because we sort of – it felt comfortable where, you know, after we get ramen, we come home, we would relax, and then we sort of just get ready for bed and we just go to bed. And then the – I guess I guess it was towards later in the week. I think it was a Thursday. We're sort of like we're leaving my apartment. We're both sort of going to work. And then she says to me – you know, I didn't think I was going to see you after you got back from Russia. Mm. And I go, excuse me? Because mind you, it's 8.30 in the morning. And I'm just thinking about like all the work I got to do that day. So yeah. I'm like, my, my mind's not right, you know, for, for me to like ingest what you just said properly. And she goes, well, you know, just I thought that, you know, I'd probably see you once, maybe two more times and and that'd be it and i go that's a heck of a thing to say this early in the morning and she goes you know what just forget about it and you know what dude you didn't i couldn't i couldn't because it was while it was nice you know what i was feeling uh when we were like together uh when, when, I, when i was back from edinburgh the the thoughts that i had when i was in russia started to like come back like well you know, you like her. Are you ready? Are you willing to commit? And the answer was no. I mean, I thought about it all day. Like, this was one of the more unproductive days that I've had at work. <laughs> just sort of like, not mindless, but just like thinking about nothing but this. And then there was a, a happy hour I was at where I was celebrating, you know, a friend who's leaving Amex and he's going uh out west where he's going, quote unquote, back home to... uh 
to California. And so, you know, it was, you know, sort of like a send off for him. And I was just sort of like my, I just wasn't there mentally. And then some friends picked up on it and they're like, dude, what's, what's, what's going on? Just started talking it out loud. Um, you know, they, they sort of helped me through my thought process. And then I just decided, you know what? I think it's time. I think that if I'm not, you know, six months in, if I'm not ready to commit, I, I think it, I think the best move is probably to just end this. You know, it, it would be nice to continue to, to do what we do, but if I'm not, if I don't see it like a distinct and concrete future, then I just feel like a dick. So. Is that what you mean by commit? When I say commit, I mean like something serious. Okay. Um, like, you know, like, like definitively calling her your girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All this stuff. Um, and there was just things where I guess because I haven't dated in a while. And I'm just learning like all these, like learning a lot of stuff about myself. Just things that I thought were normal that other people were like, oh, that's not normal. Um, like what? Like, like none of my friends having met her five months in. Hmm. Um, people were like, well, so I sort of like asked people the question, you know, how, how, how long did you guys date until you guys introduced who you were dating to your friends and they're like oh you know like some people like a few months but like two months three months um they're like it was really important for me and really exciting for me to show off nice show up but introduce who i was dating to to my friends and i go oh that's interesting because it's been five months and none of my friends like only my roommate has met her and that's only in passing yeah so there was just this, these little things I thought, well, well, this is this is interesting. I'm, I'm learning a lot, um, and so, you know, well, we can we can sort of I'll let you sort of dig into this later. But to to end the story, we I just called her on the phone that night. I, I texted her. I was like, hey, I think we need to talk. Um, what you said this morning, you know, has been sort of bouncing around my brain all day. Just want to talk about what we are, where we're going, all that stuff. She goes, all right, um, I'm on the phone with my cousin right now. Let's just give me a second. So she calls me, and then as I'm talking to her about all this stuff, I'm just realizing that, you know what, I think I'm done. Um, And so I just said to her, listen, you know, I've had a lot of fun with you the past five months. You know, I definitely don't regret any time that we spent together, but... I can say in front of you right now that I'm not ready because I don't know what I'm looking for just yet. I just know I haven't found it yet. And I could tell that what seemed like an off-the-cuff statement that she made, the whole, oh, I didn't think I was going to see you again after Russia, uh, had, had in a sense become something more than what she anticipated it to become. Yeah. Um, now I'm not saying that, you know, I, it's like turning the tables on you. Like, ah, gotcha. You didn't think this was going to be anything, but it was just more of a, oh, you're, because she was, she's always been incredibly astute as to like how I feel and picking up on things. And it was just one of those things where 
I just felt like we had run its co- like this relationship had run its course, and anything, anything beyond this would be unfair from an emotional standpoint. Because I just like I can't I wouldn't be able to give her that part of me. Um, so yeah, we uh, we ended it. I sort of it, I just did I did it over the phone. Uh, I you remember that girl that I, I was seeing for a little not a little bit I saw her for like two dates. That, uh, that, like, Dominican girl? Mm, not ringing any bells right now, actually. Um, she was this Dominican girl who, uh, I went on, like, two dates with. I thought she was really cool. Um, we, we talked about football because she was, like, a diehard Eagles fan. Oh, yes, I remember now. And then I just remember her ghosting on me. Yeah. And then I remember how bad I felt because... I had been ghosted on, and then I realized, oh, is this how it feels when I ghost on people? <laughs> and then just vowing from that day forward never to ghost on anyone, and no matter how difficult of a conversation it's got to be, you're going to have a conversation. Um, right. I mean, I've also been seeing her for five months, so she would have been owed. Yeah, definitely. A, 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 at the very minimum, a conversation. But just sort of the the idea is, I guess, what I'm trying to communicate that there 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 will always be a discussion that 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 uh the, that I'll give you, so you don't feel like I'm just like I got kidnapped or something, or I got taken. Um, it was it wasn't it wasn't e- it wasn't an easy conversation, but I I was honest. Uh, I didn't I didn't hold anything back, but I wasn't callous about things. I think that I think that's important. Um and and I and I I mean this might sound callous but I hadn't broken up with anyone in a while. Uh and it was just it, it was definitely foreign territory. You know like it, it's not like I'm, I I know exactly what to say. I don't think anyone ever really knows exactly what to say in in a situation like that. Yeah. Especially but, when it's kind of a one-sided thing and not a mutual thing. Yeah. And even when it's a mutual thing, it's not always the easiest thing in the world, I'm sure, as well. Uh, I've, I've never broken up with anybody, so this is all. I mean, you're batting a thousand. From an, (laughs) I'm not, I'm batting, I'm batting a zero right now. I was always broken up with. Um, but this is just coming from my perspective, from the outsiders, outsiders perspective. Right. So, you know, it, it was, uh, it was a phone call where she didn't quite understand. She thought we were doing so good. And I told her that, you know, I've had a lot of fun, but just it wasn't like I can't give you what you want, even though you're saying stuff like, oh, but, you know, I w- I'm just as afraid of commitment as you are. And I've sort of liked what this has been. Uh, but it just I I couldn't believe her when she said that based on some of the things that I had experienced with her. Um, I feel like there's a certain aloofness that you have when you're actually super casual with somebody. Um, not in the sense that like you're not listening to them when they're talking, but sort of how you carry yourself in the relationship. Um, and I was not getting that from her. So I sort of realized that there was coming to, I, at least in my, not now, just as a caveat, the entire story you're hearing is from my side. 
Um, I felt like that w- that's an important caveat for for you, but yeah, but it just didn't feel like I was getting that uh, that vibe, that feeling from her, and I I started to get scared because I didn't want to be, you know, a lot further down the road having to having to break it off later because I just didn't have the stones to do it now when I knew the answer now. And in a situation like this, I just felt it would be easier if I was just honest early. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, so, yeah, we had a long phone call. She asked me a lot of questions. Um, I, I, I did have to sort of end the call because I could tell that she wouldn't have ended the call. Um, but it was it was a hard phone call. Um, I was emotionally drained at the end of it, and I was very sad the next day. Um, not that I was surprised that I was going to be sad, um, but I was surprised at how it manifested itself. It, there was a, sort of a, a general like fog over everything. I guess it's because it, it's the ending of something. Um, and, and with endings of anything, there, there tends to be some sort of emotional carryover. And I was just at work and I just felt like down all day. Um, and part of it was, you know, we, we, we did have a lot of fun and, and she is a great person. Part of it is also, you know, I know that I hurt somebody pretty deeply. Yeah, that'll probably be the big one, right? Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't make it my business to do that to a lot of people. To, to, I, well, I guess that's, I mean, I, I don't make it a business to do that to anyone. Um, that's sort of not, in, that's not my M, uh, MO, but it, 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 it did take a while for me to, uh, to sort of get, o- not get over it, but to get back to where I was. And then, so that was a week ago. And then, so this past week has quote unquote, been biz, uh, you know, business as usual. Uh, I don't mean that callously. Again, I just sort of mean like, you know, my mind's on right. I'm able to sort of focus because it was a big week at work. There was a lot of design stuff I had to get done. And then last, what, two nights ago, I get a text message from her. She goes, Hey, do you have a second to talk? And I'm cleaning my room and we'll get to that later, but I'm cleaning my room and I go, wait, what is there to talk about? And she goes, oh, you know, I'll be quick. And I go, well, now my interest is peaked. I know I shouldn't do this, but yeah, why not? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll come down to the lobby and, and see how are you. Yeah. And she had dyed her hair. I mean, she looked great. Um, She had just come back from like some LGBT party. She was telling me about, she said she had a lot of fun. And then she hands me an envelope. And she said, well, I was, I had gotten this for you a while ago. And you don't have to accept it. Just, I hope you read the card and let me know if you're not going to accept it by like a certain date so she can cancel. And then I just held the card in my hand and she goes, you're not going to read it now. And I go, no, I'm not going to read it now. I'm not going to read this in front of you. I'll yeah, read you it. You can't read those. You can't read cards in front of, in front of the person that wrote the card, especially cards of that nature. Yeah. It's not like a funny happy birthday card that you wrote me. Yeah, right. 
So we talked a little bit about how, you know, how happy she had been with me and how being with me sort of like her words were like made her feel young again. Um, and she just felt like, you know, time was flying for her for before she met me, but then like it started to like, slow down again, which was what, so she, she, she said all this stuff and I'm just sort of there like nodding my head, like good, you know, I, you know, best of luck to you, you know, that we have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you know, she was disappointed that, you know, there were all these summer plans that she was like excited to, to, to do with me. And I was like, yeah, you know, um, that's, that's really unfortunate that we're not going to be able to do that. So, you know, then I had to, I was like, listen, I got to go. Um, it's like, it's close to 1230. I'm exhausted. I've been sleeping so early that I've been trying to change like how early I go to bed. Um, so normally now I'm in bed by like 1130 and it's 1245 and, and I'm tired. I need to go. So I'm back up in my room. I open the card, and this is what it says. It's dated June 20, uh, 2016. Sandy, I'm happy and thankful that you've come into my life when you did. I wish I knew how to put in words, and how, and I have so much I want to say. I think of myself as a positive person, and I've become even more so. I feel my world becoming colorful and brighter. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you, and I was looking forward to this summer. I'm sorry if I ever said anything to offend you. I'm often misunderstood. Nevertheless, this is my birthday slash token of friendship gift to you, if you'll have it, for what you've done for me. From what I remember, staying at all the Park Hyatts is on your bucket list, so you can cross NYC off your list now. Happy Treat Yourself Day, Love Cat. So that's on the uh, the inside of the card, on the left side. Please choose only one night. If you decide not to use it, let me know so I can cancel. This is something I wanted to give you, so use it however you like. What she had done is she had gotten me a night at the Park Hyatt in New York City on either my birthday night or the night after, because my I think my birthday falls on a Friday or Saturday. I forget. Um, two things about this card. One, it made me realize how close my birthday was, because uh, I never know when my birthday is until like July, like the first week in July, and everyone's like, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" And I go, "Wait, it's July already." Yeah. Um. So. So, so that's bad, but, so that's one thing. And the second thing is, a standard room at the Park Hyatt in New York City is upwards of six to seven hundred dollars a night. It's up there. It's up there. <laughs> it's up there. Um, I was not gonna accept it on the grounds of it being inappropriate to accept a romantic hotel room from somebody you had broken up with. But all of that gets sort of compounded by the fact that somebody is giving me an extravagant gift. You know, it, it it would be hard to accept that from a friend. Yeah, for sure. A good friend. That's the kind of gift you would give if, like, a really close friend had gotten married and you're sort of doing something, like, celebratory. I could see myself giving that gift, but... But the person that's given me this, the kind of gift it is, at the price point that it comes with, I just had this. I I, I said no, and I called did, you. Did you let her know? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I called you immediately. I was like, "Hey, are you up? I gotta talk to you." Yeah. And then so we we sort of went through it, and I tried to say, "Hey, do you want it?" No. <laughs> <laughs> you and Elena could sort of enjoy a night in New York, but 
Um, that was shut down. That was shut down immediately. Yeah, I know that was shut down immediately. It, it was also shut down immediately by her. I let her know about. I, I told her about it. Yeah, I mean it's inappropriate any way you cut it, right? Right. So, I texted her the next morning, and then I said, "Hey, listen, I really appreciate the letter. Uh, you know, the kind words, the generosity of spirit, but." I, I can't accept the gift. It's inappropriate for me to do so. Please cancel it. And then I got a call from her 30 minutes later, which I knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, oh, um, why aren't you accepting it? And I said, well, it would be inappropriate for me to accept a gift of this type and nature from somebody that I just broken up with. She goes, oh, no, we wouldn't be able to go in there together. I go, no. See, that's, that's understood. Not that's not yeah. the point. That that part I understood. The part the the point is, we can't do this. I can't accept this type of thing. She goes, well, I don't care who you bring. You could bring another girl. You could bring your roommate. And I go, none of that makes me feel comfortable. Um, I can scratch my roommate off the list because I would never stay in a room like that in, in New York City <laughs> when we already stay every night together. Right. And B, how am I supposed to look another girl in the eye when this room is paid for by another girl? Like that, that's really, that's terrible. That's like, that's like lacking all class in my mind. Um, and it's, to me, it's, it's a little disturbing. To, to say like, oh, I don't care if you bring a different, another girl into a, one of the more romantic hotel rooms that your ex paid for. Um, so I shut that down. She wanted to talk a little bit more about it. I granted her the courtesy of sort of one last phone call. She wanted to know if we could still be friends. I said no. Really? Uh, yeah, I told her no. She goes, why? I go, I don't make it a business. Of becoming friends with people I've slept with, uh, when we started out as like a romantic relationship. Do you think there's any possibility of you becoming, of, of, of you being friends, uh, like six months or a year down the road? I, I mean, if I bump into her, I'm not gonna shun her. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll hug her. I'll, you know, I'll say hi. I'll, I'll catch up on how she's doing. But I'm not going to be actively sort of tracking and caring about how her life is going. Uh I mean all the best obviously. But I'm not tr- I'm not anticipating making any plans with her. Right. Moving yeah. forward. And I think that's what friends do, right? It's like we all orbit in my mind everyone's a little planet. All right, bear with me here. Everyone's a little planet. And then you orbit your own planet, right? Because it's sort of like home base. So you, you, Reza, you have your own little, your own little planet. It's your face with an afro, and then you sort of <laughs> just orbit around yourself like a little, uh, like a little astronaut. The afro that hasn't been there in like fifteen years, but all right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've granted you an af, uh, an afro. Okay. All and right. then, like my, my planet is my face, sort of coming around yours and then us as astronauts we just sort of like we intersect and that's how i see friendships working you know like you sort of you occupy the same space and sometimes 
your orbit takes you a little bit further away from people, but close friends always come back to each other. If it's through text, email, phone calls, seeing, seeing each other, close friends or your relationships and the systems of relationships, the people you want to see, you make it a point to intersect with that, with their orbit. But there's also people in your life that at one point were really close, but now they're, 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 they're off. Like they're, they're, they're on the horizon line. You can't see them anymore. And she's going to be somebody that I just push off into the horizon line. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand it. I just, yeah. So, so the question that I had asked you a few days ago was it, it, it I guess it was about a week ago when you weren't sure. I think she had just hit you with the line where she had said um, she didn't think she was going to see you again. And I had asked you, um, cause you said you weren't sure if you were feeling, it. I said, uh, I mean, if you're not feeling it, then it's gotta be the right decision. Do you know why you don't want, why you don't feel it for her? Or do you just not feel ready for the relationship and the commitment at this point? So I guess the question that I'm, I'm curious to know is if you, if you ever figured it out, like why you don't feel it for her, or if it's just something that you, you don't have an answer to, you just know that's how you feel. I think it's a little bit of both. I wasn't ready for a relationship, but it was sort of because of her. Because I've always believed that people are always going to be ready for a relationship when they find the right person. And I think that the excuse of I'm not ready for a relationship right now is partly due, mostly due to the person that you're directing that an- uh, that answer to. I think we were, we were coming from two totally different worlds. Um... It was hard for me to connect with her on a lot of things, not for lack of trying. Um, I think in any sort of new relationship, you, 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 you try your, you try your hardest to, to connect with that person on the, you know, their interests, their lifestyles and all that stuff. And I just found myself finding it hard to relate and em- not empathize, but just relate on certain things that she would bring up and I just felt like that wasn't the right reaction that I should be having when someone that I'm seeing is telling me something. I see. Okay. I mean, that, that that's part of a larger narrative that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that, that went down, but that, I, I think it, it's definitely a mixture of both. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so where do you go from here? Do you do you chill from dating for a while? Do you just jump right back into the pool? Um, what do you think? So I might hold off on that for a little bit. Um, I'm doing really well at work. That's been really exciting. I'm doing really well with getting into shape this year. Um, I know that's something that I had said, uh, earlier this year, sort of like one of the first podcasts we did in 2016 of just getting into better shape and, you know, right, I've lost, yeah, I've lost a good amount of weight, but the right kind of weight, I think that I've been losing. I mean, I've, I've shed a lot of fat this year. Um, people are saying, people are saying I look too skinny, which is always an, a foreign thing to hear. 
Um, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the steps in the, um, the weight loss. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly what Bill Burr had said, but there was one episode and he was talking about, you know, you lose like five or 10 pounds. People start to look at you. They're like, Oh, Hey, you're losing some weight. You look good. And then as you start to lose a little bit more, they start to get a little jealous. And I think one of the things that he'd said is that people start to tell you that you look too skinny, that you, that you're losing too much weight to like try to put you down a little bit. Oh, Yeah. Potentially, um, <laughs> I've realized how important it is my how how important my diet is. So I've been doing a lot of meal prep. Like I got off a of Blue Apron, uh, like yesterday. I went to the grocery. I went to Whole Foods. I spent like a hundred bucks, and I'm like trying bulk recipes. So I marinated chicken last night and like an olive oil balsamic vinegar sort of like uh, mixture that I made with some spices came out really good i made a white bean salad with like cannellini beans uh sliced cherry tomatoes red onions cucumbers with like white wine vinegar olive oil uh and some uh, salt and pepper that came out really good um baked some butternut squash broccoli and like so i've been making all these meals that are from a calorie standpoint anywhere between six and 900 calories, but it's like good calories because I, I was able to really control what went into it and I know what I'm eating. Yeah, it's balanced and nutritious. Your yeah. body feels full. Like the nutritious right. is the big thing. Right. There's a lot of protein. There are five, there's like, there's fiber. There's a mm-hmm. lot of vegetables in there. I'm really watching how, what types of carbs I'm eating. Yeah. So like, no added sugars. Uh, no added as very as little added sugars as possible. I used to do a breakfast burrito. I don't do the I don't do the pita anymore. Um, this week I'm trying to not eat it with any like red or white quinoa. I'm just trying to see like what my body is comfortable with, um, where I don't feel hungry after eating. Um, I have been eating more fruit, so that's where my sugars are sort of creeping up. You know, like I'll eat maybe two apples a day, uh, maybe a banana. Um, so I, I'm really trying to, to watch what I eat and I've been noticing the results. They say that abs are made in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> so I can start to recognize, you know, after like two months of doing this, that, you know, progress is slow, but steady. Uh, I mean, my last weigh in was 137 pounds. I haven't seen that since sophomore year of high school. Uh, my fat percentage, uh, my, set my I set a goal at like 10%, right? And I was always hovering like north of 12%. Um, and then I got down to like, I would flirt with like 11.8%, got super excited about that. And now I'm, I'm around like 11% is high for me now. So I'm floating between 10 and 11%. My lowest has been 10.4%. So what I'm doing is now that I'm like no longer as sick as a dog as I used to be after Russia, I'm incorporating more running. I'm, 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 I'm lifting more. I'm doing yoga. I'm, I'm trying to do it so that every day I do a different exercise so I don't like over exhaust myself in one area. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll have my beach body ready for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and last, lastly, but certainly, not leastly. Uh, I, I was reading this book on, I think it was called The Magic of Tidying Up, written by this Japanese woman. Um, let me let me pull it up on my phone real quick. Let me, let me tell you what it is. 
Um, it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up the Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. Um, I would tell you the author, but there's an icon above her name, so I can't tell her. <laughs> but okay. the idea is if you declutter your living space, you feel – you get more energy, things become clear, you get less stress, and then that sort of uh, – through the magical powers of osmosis – um, sort of permeates your entire lifestyle. So you start to, you know, do better at work and your relationships are healthier and you have a better outlook on life. So, um, I started this, I want to say yesterday where I was doing laundry and then I just, I like went underneath my bed and I took out all my containers because she said the containers are just a way for you to hold clutter, right? There's whole industries built on you just storing stuff you don't need. So I went through it and it was a very visceral, but very, uh, a relieving process of looking at things that I've valued for a long time and then just throwing it away. I'm talking stuff like old concert tickets, old badges to like get into events, like things I, I haven't worn in years, um, like dusty books from, from college that I thought I was going to read and I just sort of purged everything. So now the only things that are underneath my bed are containers of like winter clothes, like sweaters that I'm not going to get rid of. Um, right. I've, I've sort of like, there's a lot less dust in my room. It also feels that there's a lot less things. There are a lot fewer things in my room. And, and it just feels like everything right now in my room is something that I can conceivably use or have used, uh, recently. So it's been, I feel lighter in that sense. That I'm not just holding on to stuff. And now when I look at stuff, like I'll get these emails of these like massive sales and cool things that I think I could, you know, want to buy. And I just ask myself, hey, is this genuinely something you need? And most of the time it's no. And when it's no, I go, okay, then don't, then, 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 uh, then don't buy it. Why, why, why bring that kind of mess into your life? You just, the idea is that, you know, when you do this, you maintain it. It's easier to maintain when you sort of do it all at once, she said, where you're not sort of doing like one room at a time. You know, like if you if you had a house, you would it wouldn't be like, oh, we're going to clean uh, the bathrooms today and then we'll do the, the living room tomorrow. Because as you clean certain rooms, you start to clutter up the rooms you cleaned up first. <laughs> she said, like, you know, you should do things like... uh we're going to worry about clothes today or books today and just get rid of all of that. Well, because I live in such a tiny apartment, I only have one room. Right. So let's just, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just get down to business. Um, and it's, it felt very liberated and it's been a magical weekend for me in that sense. That's interesting. Yeah. Like I'm looking at these DVDs right now, right? For some reason, I have the first season of Mad Men. I have Saving Private Ryan, We Were Soldiers, Black Hawk Down, you know, uh, The Dark Knight on DVD. Yep. I don't have a DVD player. You got an Xbox and a PS4, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. But no, I hear you. But you I know what you. I mean? Like, I mean, I got a DVD rack right next to me right now. I'm looking at like over 100 DVD movies, um, maybe like... 30 sets of TV shows. Yeah. Different seasons and stuff. 
I watched a lot of them, but yeah, I mean, DVDs are, are, are going, they're going away in, going in place away. of, in place of, uh, Blu-ray, but even more importantly, digital. Yeah. Just like streams, like all these movies I can watch online and I haven't like, I haven't popped those DVDs in, in years. So what am I doing holding on to them? Yeah. My brother did that recently, must have for the one in LA right now. And what he did, cause he, he, he's, uh, very much a collector. And one of the things that he's done is, um, upload a lot of his DVDs and Blu-rays, um, to like Ultraviolet, whatever the, whatever the, one of the, one of those main websites, but Ultraviolet's like the digital license of the movies that you buy. And nowadays when you buy movies, they come with that license, but for DVDs and Blu-rays, um, like older ones before Ultraviolet was a thing, you could, when you upload the movie, you have to pay like a premium to actually um, unlock the license. So despite the fact that you have proof that you have the physical version of it, to have the luxury of the online always available on all your devices costs like two bucks. But you can also upgrade to um, Blu-ray or, or HD quality for like three or four bucks. So he's been doing that and he collects a ton of movies and CDs. And in fact, I have a lot of CDs too, well over like maybe 200 physical CDs and right. they're all just like in my basement and I've uploaded them and put them online, but I haven't, I have yet to get rid of them. Maybe, maybe dead doing that with my DVDs because I can just rip the movies to my computer and have a digital version of them on like an external hard drive. So mm-hmm. maybe that'll be one of the things that I do at some point soon. It's just, it's hard, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you have a physical and more importantly, an emotional attachment to these things. Yeah. These are things I've been collecting since I was probably, you know, for for DVDs, things I've been collecting since I was maybe 13 years old. So over the last 14 years, a lot less so in the last like five, but still. Um, and CDs, I've been buying CDs since I was like 10. So... So yeah, I definitely have that emotional attachment, but, and it's just weird because for my DVDs, I have them on like a special DVD, like case, a rack, a shelf for it. And so getting rid of all the DVDs, you know, getting rid of the cases, the books, all that stuff, because I used to love going through the books. Nowadays, they don't do that anymore with them anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Right. So it's just a matter of realizing sort of like excising that relationship, you know? Uh, and I think sort of what I've gone through in my personal life has made me more cognizant of that um, and more okay with doing that. So I was able to purge a lot of things this weekend and I'm just looking at stuff and I'm still thinking like I could, I can continue. Um, I also, well, I just went through all of like the my important documents that I held on held on to, I realized, whereas I was holding on to pay stubs from college, thinking wow. I needed that. And I just like, no, I don't need any of this. So like, just getting rid of all this extraneous documents, shredding them, get, you know, sort of doing all that stuff. And just realizing that, you know, there's actually a ton of stuff that I have. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good right now, and I think I'll I'll do a little bit more in a, in like a couple of weekends um, when I let this sort of feeling fade a little bit. But I know that I'm looking around the room, and there's still some stuff that I can get rid of, so I might just go ahead and do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's me. A lot of a lot of big things going on for you. Not not yeah. just a little change. A lot. Yeah. Change. Yeah, but change is good. 
I guess change that you're, I've always said that change that you're in control of is good. Right. <clears throat> so, so I think that's it for me. Okay. We'll wrap it up here then. All right, cool. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.